Well, good morning, and once again, welcome to the Mission Viejo Church of Christ. So I have a little bit of a challenge for you this morning before we launch into the sermon. I'm going to take a page out of Jason Clark's book. And uh, anytime we have a men's event or a men's uh, gathering, he always encourages us or challenges us to invite five people who wouldn't ordinarily be at that event to attend that event with us. So I'm going to extend that same challenge to each and every one of you for the 50th, which is coming up in just two weeks. I want to extend the challenge to you to invite five people that wouldn't ordinarily be coming to this event. So Gary, you can't invite your wife. We assume she's going to be here anyway. But the, the whole point is, invite your coworkers, invite your teammates, your classmates, your friends, your neighbor, whoever it might be. We've even made it really simple for you. We've, we have some cards out in the foyer that you can pick up. You don't even have to say anything. You can just hand them a card. But I want to challenge you to invite five people that need to hear the good news about Jesus Christ to come and be with us on that special day. We can share a meal with them. They can have some Kona ice, because if it's anything like today, we're going to need that Kona ice truck. And... It'll just be a great time. We'll see some familiar faces, some old faces, and hopefully some new faces as well. So that's my challenge to you, five people that you invite who would not ordinarily be coming to that event. So let's get into today's lesson. We finished our, our, our series on the book of Jonah last week, and I really enjoyed that series a lot. And we're going we're gonna to kind of go down that same path, but veer off just a little bit today as we talk about bold faith. Now, my air conditioner is broken at home, so I am in no particular hurry to get home today. So I say that to say, buckle up, we may be here for a while, because the longer I can enjoy this air conditioning, uh, the better for me and my family. So uh, we're going to be here for a while today, but we're going to talk a little bit today about bold faith. And, and you see that the title that I chose for today is, It's the Time to Have Bold Faith. You don't have to look very far to see what's going on in the world these days. You don't have to look very far to see all of the things that go counter to what the Word of God says is happening in our world. And it's getting more and more prevalent. You see things on TV that 10 years ago you would have never seen on TV. You hear things each and every day that 10 years ago you would have never heard. And we have all of these groups, these groups that are going against the things that God teaches. And I'll tell you, they're bold in their convictions. They're out standing on the street corner, they're in people's faces, and they're doing everything they can to promote their agenda. Well, as Christians, we need to do the exact same thing. We need to have that same courage, that same boldness to be out there sharing our faith and not being ashamed of our faith. And again, I'm not saying you have to stand on the street corner to do that. But what I want to look at today is I want to look at an example of bold faith. And more importantly, I want to look at how these three men found the boldness to show and to stand up for what they believed in. So today's story is one probably a lot of you know, and that's the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And we are going to talk just a little bit about the story itself, but that's not really the focus of today's message. The focus of today's message is way deeper than that. It's how did these three guys have the courage and have the boldness to stand up when everyone else was bowing down? That's what I really want to look at here this morning. And in case you're not familiar with the story, that's okay too. We'll sprinkle in some little bits and pieces of the story as well. But I want to talk about their names before we get too far into this. Because I always find it interesting to look at names in the Bible, and more importantly, the names 
the meaning behind these names in the Bible. Now, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, those were their Babylonian names. Those were their slave names, if you will. Because remember, they were brought to this country against their will. And these are the names that they were given. But those weren't their real names. Those weren't their Hebrew names. As you see on the screen, their Hebrew names were Hananiah, which meant Yahweh has been gracious. Mishael, which meant one who is like Yahweh. Wow, who wouldn't like to have that name, right? Who wouldn't want to be known as someone who is like God? You know, we know David was a man after God's own heart, but, uh, you know, Meshach, he may have him beat here as far as name goes. He's one who is like Yahweh. And then last but not least, Abednego, whose name was Azariah, which is helped by Yahweh. And I love that his name means the past tense, that he's already been helped by God, because, see, God knows us before we're even born. He knows us. He knows that number of hairs on our head And he's already helped us before we even can comprehend the idea that he is helping us. Anybody recognize this picture? Where are my my old folks at like me or older than me, right? Blockbuster. And you young kids are going, what in the world is Blockbuster? I love movies. And those of you who know me at all, you know that I love movies. I've always been a movie buff. I've always been into movies. And I remember when I was a kid, it was a big deal on Friday nights when we got to go to Blockbuster Video and pick out a movie. See, for those of you who grew up in the streaming age, you don't know this, but you used to have to go to a store, and then you had to walk around the store, and then you had to pick up a box to read about the movie. And if you were lucky, and it was one you wanted to see, the actual videotape, Yeah, we had tapes. The videotape would be behind it, and you could rent that movie. But it was an experience for us. It was a big deal when mom and dad said, hey, we're going to stop at Blockbuster Video on a Friday night, and my brother and I would get to go and pick a movie. Now, now that I'm a parent, I understand why movie and pizza night was such a big deal, because by Friday night, mom and dad were done, right? Moms and dads, we know, right? By the end of the week, we're done. (laughs) Easy dinner, and here, go watch a movie, because I'm done, I need to relax. But my point is this. The story that we're going to look at today is like any good movie. It has a very climactic point in the movie, and in this case, it has a happy ending. Right? We all love a happy ending. That's why most of our movies have a happy ending. They kind of have that ending that you would expect them to have. And every once in a while, you get a little bit of a curveball here and there. But most movies have a very good climax, right? And they build and they build and they build and they build to this one point or even sometimes this one line in the movie. And then everything else kind of hangs in the balance. Well, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego have a really cool story that I personally think would make a fantastic movie. So if any of you uh, have ends in the movie industry... Let me know, because I think this would be a really good movie. But it's a really great story, and the most important part is that, that these three guys were bold in their faith. And again, what I want to look at today is I want to look at their movie, and I want to see how were they able to be so bold in their faith. Because, see, something happens. When you get squeezed, when the pressure is on, something happens. You have to react. And we all like to think, right, that, hey, when I'm under pressure, I always react in the way that I should, but we know that that's not always the case. 
But what do we see when we're under pressure? How do we feel when we're being squeezed? Because see, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were being squeezed harder than you and I probably will ever experience in our lifetime. See, courage is grace under pressure. Courage is grace under pressure. Ernest Hemingway. Some of you have heard that before. And what we're going to see as we unpack this story is these three men showed courage and grace under pressure. And they're not the only three. We've actually seen this throughout history. Right? Winston Churchill with his famous never give up speech. Right? Martin Luther King Jr. with his I have a dream speech on the steps of the Capitol. And of course, we need look no farther than Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, as he hung on the cross, as he had a spear placed through his side, said one of the most climactic phrases ever, it is finished. Now we know that that was really just the beginning and not the end. But as we talk about a movie, as we talk about a climax, that was certainly a cliffhanger moment in the life of Jesus Christ. Because one side said, we've won, we've killed him. And the other side said, no, we've won because you killed him. Let's go ahead and jump into Daniel chapter 3. And if you have your Bibles, open up to Daniel chapter 3. Now, I do apologize. This is a very long text, so we are not going to read the entire text. Uh, We are going to look at some of the key points from the text, but that's not because I'm leaving anything out. I don't want you to see. It's simply for time factors, because if I go too long, you guys will get up and walk out. Although, I don't know, it's really hot out. Maybe you won't. But we're going to kind of jump through this Daniel chapter 3. I'm going to encourage you when you have time to go back and read and kind of fill in some of these gaps and you can see a little bit more of the story. But I'm going to hit the high points for you and then we're going to talk about how these three men were able to have such bold faith. Let's start in verse 4. It says, Then the herald loudly proclaimed nations and peoples of every language, this is what you are commanded to do. It says, As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipe, and all kind of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Now, this was no small image. By all accounts, this, this, this statue of gold was about 60 feet tall. So that's about the equivalent of a six-story building. Now, we know throughout the Old Testament, right, we see this over and over and over again. What was the big downfall? It was idol worship. And that's exactly what the king is commanding. Now remember, remember that the three main characters of our story today, the three main actors in our movie, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, are not here by their own choice. They're here against their will. They're not here because this is where they want to be and that they want to be in a nation that worships idols. They're there because they're captive. Let's go ahead and continue with verse 6. It says, whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into the blazing furnace. So here's kind of the expectation, right? The expectation is, listen, people, this is what you're going to do. When you hear the music, you will bow down. And if you do not, you'll be thrown into the fiery furnace. Now, these furnaces were used for lots of different things, right? They were used to basically incinerate things, to melt things, to get rid of things, to destroy things. And it's important that we understand that because, see, there's a consequence that went along with the actions. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it's been laid out on the table for them. Here's the deal. You either bow down or you go in the furnace. So they had a choice to make. 
They had a decision to make. Where were they going to go from here? So as the story progresses, what we see is the music plays, right? The music plays, and everybody bows down to this idol, except for our three heroes, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, I love to, in my mind, I love to picture this site because, you know, we didn't have iPhones back then. So there was no TikTok video or Instagram reel of this event actually taking place. But you can see the sea of people. And when the music starts, all of them are bowing down and kneeling down before this idol, before this gold statue. And here's our three God-fearing men. Nope. Not doing it. Not bowing down. What a powerful visual that must have been. And see, this is why I think this would make a great movie. Again, rights reserved. This would make a great movie. Because imagine this just sea of people and every one of them is down on their hands and knees. Except for these three men who are standing for what they believe in. As we pick up in verse 8, it says, At this time some astrologers came forward and denounced the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, May the king live forever. Verse 10 says, Your majesty has issued a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipe, and all kinds of music must fall down and worship the image of gold. And that whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into the blazing furnace. It says, but there are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, your majesty. It says, they neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold that you have set up. So, here's where the snitches come along, right? Hey, 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 those guys didn't bow down. So they've run to the king Right? They've run to the king and said, hey, you said everybody has to bow down or they go in the furnace. And here's these three Jews who are not listening and not paying attention to what you told them to do. Now, as we see in this verse, these three men have become kind of, uh, yes, they're still slaves, but they, they've been put in charge of things, right? Because they have proven their worth to the king. But they didn't bow down. Verse 13 says, furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king. He's furious. He's angry. And he's already laid out the expectations. Right? We know how this goes, right? You ask somebody to do something, you tell somebody to do something, and they just don't do it. It makes you angry. Well, the king was no different. He's a very powerful man. He's used to, hey, I say jump, you say how high. These three men didn't say how high. And Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold that I have set up? It says, Now, when you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipe, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image that I made, well, very good then. But if you do not worship, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. It says, then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? So here we see a second time they have a decision to make. They have a choice to make. 
They knew what the consequences were and they did it. Now, sometimes when you're just out in the crowd, when you're just out doing your own thing, it's kind of easy to be like, well, I'm just not going to do it. But now they're face to face with the man who is threatening to put them to death if they don't denounce their God and worship his God. And once again, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego have a decision to make. They have a decision to make. And I can't even imagine being in their shoes at this point. Talk about being squeezed. Talk about being put under pressure. Put yourself in their shoes. Now, we are very blessed to live in a place where we are not persecuted, per se, for our faith. There are other places in the world where that is not the case. There are other places in the world where Christians literally have to fear for their lives. They can't even come together like you and I are doing this morning without fear of being killed for their faith. Now, that's bold faith. We're thankful that there's very little chance that somebody's going to bust through that back door because then they've got to get past Glenn Roberts. Good luck. They're going to come, come through that back door, right? And going to threaten to physically harm us for what we are doing here this morning. And we are very blessed to be able to say that. However, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are once again being put under pressure. They're being put under stress. They're being squeezed, and they've got a decision to make. Sixteen says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, says, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. Ouch. You ever have your kids say, I don't have to tell you that. <laughs> That's what I feel like he's saying in this, in, this, in this verse, right? They're saying, hey, we don't have to defend ourselves, do you? We don't answer to you. It says, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. There's some bold faith for you. They didn't question it. They didn't say, eh, if you throw us in the furnace, he might. They said, no, he is able to deliver us from it. That's some bold faith, especially given who they're talking to. It says, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. Now, I do love that they're still being polite, right? Because they're Christians, right? They're still going to be polite in the matter. They're still addressing him correctly, even though they're saying, no, 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 I don't answer to you. I answer to somebody way more powerful. Now, this is one of my favorite verses. Verse 18 says, but even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, again, being polite, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. And I underlined that, and I put it in italics. See, what we're talking about today is we're talking about even if kind of faith. Even if my relationship falls apart. Even if I don't get the promotion. Even if things do not go my way, I'm still going to worship God. And I'm still going to trust in God because he says he'll never leave me and he'll never forsake me. And see, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they got that. They understood that God was going to be with them no matter what, and they had the faith to believe that with every ounce of their being. 
Because they're standing face to face with the king who just told them, look, if you don't worship my gods, I'm going to throw you into a fiery furnace. And they said, do what you got to do. Because our God is with us. Now that's some bold faith. That's that mic drop moment, right? For those of you who don't understand the mic drop moment, that means when you're holding the microphone and you just say something so profound that you just drop the mic and you walk away. And that's exactly what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego just did. They dropped the mic. They said, hey, my God can deliver us. And even if he doesn't, doesn't matter. Because see, they believed what they had been taught. They believed the scriptures. They believed that even if God didn't rescue them, and this was the end for them, that they were still going to heaven. That they still had something better on the other side. So they said, hey, God will rescue us. And if he doesn't, no big deal. We got this. Now, as our story progresses, and again, just for time's sake, I'm giving you the, the, the paraphrase version here, but we know what happens next, right? King Nebuchadnezzar says, you know what? Stoke that furnace. Make it seven times hotter. Nebuchadnezzar literally made the furnace so hot that the soldiers that took these three men up to the furnace died instantly from the heat. So he throws them into the furnace. He throws them into the flames. And one would expect them to die. But they don't. Instead, they look into the furnace and they see four people. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And then the scripture says, and what appeared to be the Son of God. See, Jesus is with us in the fire just like he was with them. And the king goes over and he looks into the furnace and he says, wait a minute, What's going, how come they didn't die? And he calls them out of the furnace and they come out and their shackles are gone. See, they went into the fire and Jesus met them right there where they were and he brought them out without their shackles. And that's exactly what he does for us. See, we walk into the fire and he meets us right there and then we come out better off than we started. And that's exactly what happened to three, these three men. They walked out without a scratch on them, without a burn on them. And we know from there we see another revival, right? King Nebuchadnezzar sees this and he's so moved by this that he says, you know what? Forget the statues. We're worshiping that guy. Because he must be the real God. And see, that's how God works. See, he uses these amazing stories. He uses these things to bring others to him. So I want to look at three postures. I want to look at three postures that allowed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to stand in the face of the fire and say, you know what? I'm going to walk in if that's what you're calling me to do. I'm going to walk in if that's what I have to do because I've got God on my side. See, that's bold faith. And these are three things that you and I can do to have that same type of bold faith that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had. And the first one is sit. First one is sit. Who you sit with matters. Now, I'm going to bring back a painful memory of high school. Anybody remember the high school lunchroom? Where you sat mattered, right? Where you sat mattered. It mattered who you sat with. 
Because that determined who you were going to be. That determined who you were going to identify with. Are you going to sit with the athletes? Are you going to sit with the smart kids? Are you going to sit with the goth kids? Are you going to sit with the heavy metal kids? Because see, who you sat with determined ultimately who you were. Fair or not, that's just the way that high school worked back in my day, and I bet it probably works similar to that today. But see, who you and I sit with matters. Because who you and I sit with, and who you and I associate with, and who you and I do our life together with matters. That's what I love about small groups. That's what I love about our church family. Because see, we were never designed to do this life alone. We were never designed to do that. Even Jesus didn't do this life alone. The one person that could have done this life alone surrounded himself with others who were all working towards the same goals. See, who you and I surround ourselves with absolutely 1,000% matters. When someone's struggling with alcohol, what do they do? They try to avoid alcohol. You don't go to parties where you know alcohol is going to be. You don't go to the liquor store. You stay away from that because who you associate with matters. If you're trying to live a good Christian life, then you've got to surround yourself with good Christian influences. People who are not going to try and take you off the path. People who are not going to try and derail you at every step of the way. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, every time they're mentioned in Daniel, they're all three mentioned together. They're all three mentioned together. See, they stuck together. These were godly men who knew they needed other godly men. And see, you and I are godly men and women who know that we need other godly men or women to do this life with. Because this life isn't easy. It gets hard. Things don't always go our way. Now granted, you don't get thrown in the furnace if you make the wrong decision. Or in this case, the right decision. But we need each other. And I can't stress that enough. God's design for you and I was never for us to be alone. Because when you're alone and things happen and problems happen, which inevitably they will, can you remember a time in your life where you just felt all alone? And these problems just felt so big, there's no way I can get out of this on my own. But see, you don't have to. Because when you have people that love you, that are there for you, that are going to pray with you, they're going to walk alongside you, they're going to pick you up when you fall down, you don't have to do it alone. And you can overcome those things. Number two is to stand. We got to stand up. We got to stand up for Jesus. We got to stand up for what we believe in. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were the three men standing when everyone else bowed down. When everyone else just went along with the crowd, that just went along with society, these were the three men that said, you know what? We're not going to do that. Are you and I doing the same thing? Or are we just getting swept up in the crowd and we're bowing down just like everybody else? Because if we're not going to stand up for what the Word of God says, who's going to? 
You and I, that's who's going to. Because if we don't, the world is just going to keep moving in and moving on and taking over. And we got to stand up. We got to say, enough is enough. I'm going with God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did that. They said, I don't care what everybody else is doing. I'm not going to do it because I'm going to take a stand for God. There's an old country song some of you may remember, Aaron Tippin. Great first name, by the way. And he says, you got to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. And I know that's not an original quote to his, but see, this is where I learned my quotes, right? Country music. But you got to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. And I believe that. And if we don't take a stand for God, then we're going to fall for the things that go against what God's word says. See, I believe that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they knew the teachings. They knew the teachings of the law. We got to know the teachings in the Bible. Because when we truly know the teachings in the Bible, and we know the promises of the Bible, then we too can take a stand when everybody else is kneeling down and everybody else is bowing down. And then we got to walk. We got to walk. We got to do something. We got to be willing to walk into the furnace, knowing that Jesus is going to meet us there. See, faith is about believing in things even when you can't see it. And you're going to run into problems and you're going to have things that are going to come up in your life and you're going to say, I just can't see any way out. But you know what? Jesus will meet you right there in the middle of it. He'll walk through the fire with you and he can and will and wants to bring you through it. But we got to take that step. We got to be willing to stand up and to walk into that furnace knowing that God is already there. A couple things I want to leave you with. When life heats up, Jesus shows up. But we got to look for him. When life heats up, where do you turn? When things get hard, where do you go? Jesus. Jesus is the answer. When you walk through the fire, you come out free. See, these men went into the fiery furnace, bound and shackled and everything else, and they came out and the shackles were gone. See, these are the same three guys, right? These are the same three guys that if you remember back in Daniel, just a little bit, so if you're an Old Testament scholar, these are the same three guys that challenged the king's dietary restrictions. See, these are the same three guys that when they said, look, you have to eat this diet, they went, it doesn't really go along with what we believe in and the food purity laws that we have been taught. And they had the courage to go to these people and say, look, I'll tell you what, let us eat vegetables and drink nothing but water for 10 days. And then just see, at the end of 10 days, if we come out healthier, better workers than the rest of your people. And of course, they did that. They took a stand for what they believed in. And what happened when they came out of the fire, when they came out on the other side? Sure enough, they came out healthier and better workers than the others. But my point is this. It wasn't the first time that they had taken a stand. 
They took a stand over and over and over again. And just like anything, the more you do it, the easier it becomes. They took a stand. And they took another stand. And they took another stand. And that's exactly what you and I are called to do, is to take a stand. Praise God, even when it's not easy. It couldn't have been easy for these three men to stand before Nebuchadnezzar on his throne or wherever he was at and say, not doing it. But they did because they had bold faith. Be bold and courageous. We sing a song that goes something to, I'm not going to sing it because I don't want to hurt anybody's ears, but it talks about be bold and courageous and do not be afraid. And that's exactly what you and I need to remember this morning is when we go out those doors this morning. Are we going to be bold and courageous like these three men were? Are we going to get caught up in the crowd? Are we willing to walk through the furnace knowing that Jesus is going to meet us there? Are we going to bow down like the rest of the crowd? See, this morning we're called to be bold in our faith, and I believe that with all of my heart and all of my soul. We are called to stand up for God. We are called as Christians to take a stand. And maybe you've never had an opportunity this morning to give your life to Christ. Maybe you've never had that opportunity to be baptized for the remission of your sins and to be just filled with the Holy Spirit so that you too can use the power of the Spirit in your life. You have an opportunity to do that this morning. Or maybe, maybe you've been, you've been a Christian your whole life and you've just gotten swept up in the things of the world, or you've gotten off track, or you've gotten off of the path. I'm going to invite Skeeter to come back up. He's going to sing what we call the Song of Invitation. And You have an opportunity this morning to come forward, and we would love to talk with you. We would love to pray for you. We would love to help you in any way that we can as Skeeter and our elders come forward, and we stand together and as we sing. I know that my Redeemer is I know